they were too beautiful and too many white men were attracted to them. Um, in 1786, the governor of Louisiana proclaimed that all free black women was, must wear tignon. Uh, to make their them less attractive now this what I'm about to say right here was the first time I had ever heard this connection so maybe that's just me but it said that the reason why he went this route is because head scars were typically worn by the enslaved to keep their hair up while working so he attempted to market free black women and attach them to their slave counterparts yep. to make them less attractive and um to kind of have the slave comparison i hope that makes sense and i was like oh that's interesting i had never heard that reasoning before and even which article is this um women in the american story um article or website that we're gonna post that we're gonna put in the description of of the sites that i looked at that was the only one that i saw had Hello, this is Patrice. Thank you for clicking on this episode. Here at the Melanated Intellects Podcast, we talk about everything from Black mental health and personal growth to Black world history. And my name is Shayla. Here you will find a balance between topics everyone is talking about and topics no one is talking about. Either way, we guarantee we will be bringing our distinct intellectual perspective. Hey, 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 welcome back. Thank you so much for clicking on this episode. Um, This episode, we're going to be doing another It's Not Black History Month. If you followed us um, or listened to us for any significant period of time, then you know periodically we'll do a um, It's Not Black History Month because it does not need to be February in order for us to talk about our history. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about Tignon Laws, T-I-G-N-O-N because I looked up how to pronounce it. Me and Patrice, we got you this time. You know, sometimes we struggle yeah. with pronunciation, but I feel like we solid in this one. Tignon. <laughs> um, and I feel like a lot of us has probably heard of it. The more we go through it, you have probably heard of it, even if you did not know it by that name. Mm. Um, so we're going to unpack it and, and, and get to it. Um, so let's hop in. So in the 1700s, the Tignon laws, so kind of let me define it for you. They forced women in Louisiana to wear head wraps, scarves, because um, their beautiful and elaborate hairstyles were really considered like a threat, um, a threat or um, a threat. I don't have another word for that, but they, they didn't like what black women were doing with their hair so they made them covered up so now this should start sounding familiar to you that you've probably heard this before patrice um anything you have to add before we hop in i i feel like no let me why do i always do that damn it let me just say no do that sorry y'all they'd be like here she go again she ain't got shit to say why she always say yes and then or don't say nothing i just i don't know i don't know i don't know guys i'm sorry okay go ahead (laughs) (laughs) um okay so i'm gonna hop around a little bit but bear with me as always the links will be in the description so we'll give you all one article is like hella long um but i just recommend you control f tignon Okay, T-I-G-N-O-N, and then that'll be, you know, the particular area. But you might... Sorry, y'all. 
excuse me you might find the whole whole article to be interesting because it, it is interesting um but just putting that out there so anyway um so okay so let's take it back so women of African descent were known to wear their hair in elaborate styles. Now that was incorporating anything from feathers, jewels, or um, anything else you can think of that was in their hair. It made them appear wealthier uh, oftentimes than they really were. And most importantly, it enticed or attracted white men. So that that's the, the setting that was happening at this time, you know, before the Tignan laws became about. Um, so now Louisiana at the time was under Spanish rule. So by the time the Spanish took over the Louisiana colony in 1763, there was an established community of free black people who lived and worked. So the free black people of Louisiana, which I have a few stats about that because I found that to be interesting, the numbers, but the free black people of Louisiana, excuse me, were not under the control or laws governing, governing, governing slavery. Um, but they were also denied rights and privileges that came with being white. So they were kind of in this in-between um, status. And uh, some of the information I'm going to go through was about, they, they went through this time period where they needed to find a definition for all of these free black people that was coming about. Okay, so the free African-American population of New Orleans increased during the Spanish reign because of the economic opportunities and growth that occurred during the 18th um, and early 19th century. So they described that how it became so many free people is that they were allowed to like work off their freedom. They were able to pay uh, for the freedom of loved ones and sometimes people who they didn't even know. Um, they were able to like hire themselves out in order to make the money and obtain freedom. And here's the statistics I was talking about. During the period of Spanish rule, the white population doubled. Okay. But the slave population increased 250%. So they considered it to be a benefit to the Spanish crown when these people became free because it increased their economy for the middle class. So I hope that makes sense. They mm -hmm. didn't really have a middle class. So now all of these free black people can now become a middle class. So um, that's interesting to me because America mm -hmm. didn't see it that way. But, you know, <laughs> Spanish, you know what I'm saying? That is not how America saw that. Uh, they said, um, they was we like, we don't need no middle, <laughs> forget that. We don't need no help with our middle class. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, the crown, the Spanish crown, fostered the growth of the free black people in order for, you know, for the middle class sector. Um, emancipation could also be earned through military service. They also had, uh, could get like social advancement and the ability to voice concern. So these free black people, although they did not have the same privileges as, as whites, they had much more freedoms than what you or I would consider African-Americans to have after 
America was emancipated. And I know that sounds weird because we're talking about Louisiana. Obviously, Louisiana is part of America current day, but at this time was under Spanish rule. So hearing about some of the things they could do in court and things like that was very interesting to me. They could not pursue education. However, they had two ways that they could like um, move up in society and even have wealth. One was acquiring a marketable skill. That could have been something acquired while they were enslaved or after. The other was having ties and um, sort of creating influential relationships with white people. So that was their way of kind of moving up in society, some of which did establish wealth. And for those who didn't establish wealth, they kind of looked wealthy because of the way that they wore their hair, at least for black women. They also mm-hmm. talked about in this time frame, they resisted um, their slave names, which we were not, um, that's not, that's not a, a foreign concept for us. So they talked about how a lot of them still very much so connected to their African roots when they could were freed, they changed their names or, you know, back to what it was, or at least from their heritage or lineage. So just wanted to set the scene for what was happening. Patrice, anything you want to add before I continue? That makes a lot of sense. It really does. Um, I love New Orleans. I love Louisiana. Personally, it's one of my favorite places to go. My... I should not say this, but I always tell people that if I live there, I will be broke and pregnant all the time. So, um, <laughs> people you ask, know what? I, like, t- I remind my mother and sister of the time you invited me to go to Louisiana and get pregnant with you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, girl, you like, want to go to New Orleans and get pregnant? <laughs> no, girl, I don't. Thank you. Girl, it's so easy. Okay. Um, <laughs> All the time at that. You get a baby. You get a baby. Absolutely. I do like a Southern man. I do like okay. a Southern man. I so I knew HBCU down south wasn't for me. I never went to oh, school girl. down there because I was like, mm-hmm. I, 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 no. Child, Not for living me. by the bank, okay? Marry you a fisherman and I'm, bra- I'm barefoot pregnant in the kitchen. You hear me? Okay, that. Broke and pregnant all the time. So, um, <clears throat> but going there that it makes sense like when i the the way that the community holds on to their traditions it like it is a huge part of the culture ex, the cultural experience of louisiana even and today especially the black experience yes today like mm-hmm. you can't paint the houses on certain streets because that is a big part of Louisiana. Like they're like, if it's crazy in some of the restaurants, they have photos of what that place looked like in the 30, 40s, what have you. And you can tell, like, it's just different cars. The buildings are exactly the same. Um, and the history, the, to, to the practices, how they celebrate, you know, all of that is very sacred. Um, and I love that about, um, uh, Louisiana, and I've never drawn this conclusion until you said this. It reminds me of South, of the of the deep southern parts of South America. I've mm. never thought about that until now. Between mm. the dancing in the streets, the colors, the mm. lively practices, the parades, to the music, all of it down to the good food and a lot of the practices there, it reminds me. If someone wants to take 
a colony mm. in South America and place it in the U.S., it would be Louisiana. That makes so you much sense. I had never considered that. Um, and for those who missed it, if you haven't seen, or excuse me, if you haven't heard our Black History series for this past season, um, we focused on four continents, one of which was South America, um, in the, the strong African roots in South America, particularly mm-hmm. Brazil. Um, you know what? I I had not considered that until you just said it, but I think it makes perfectly good sense. Yeah. And I think what makes Louisiana unique is this Creole, African, yeah. now American mm-hmm. combination that's very unique. That's really like mm-hmm. no place else, um, probably in the world. And um, yeah, but then but then also to hear this history, their history is a little different from the rest of yes. the U.S. as well. You know what I mean? Yes. So like it, yep. it makes sense. A lot they of preserved a lot of their day. culture. Yeah. 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 And it was kind I of a melting that. pot and mixture of multiple cultures all together. Yep. Mm-hmm. I would agree. That's mm-hmm. so interesting. That makes total sense. And you know what's crazy? I feel like I may have. I knew a piece of that, but not all of that. That <laughs> way. And mm. I'm be honest, I think it was through like America Horror Story that I learned it or some shit like that. Oh, but because okay. uh, when they, they they when they were in Louisiana, they did a little bit of a history lesson through some of the craziness and some of the crimes and things that you know, America Horror Story, they go crazy. Uh but I feel like I, I, I knew a piece of that through some of like some of the businesses that were owned. Like there were so many prominent business owners known out of Louisiana. Um, and I remember thinking like, damn, they was able to run that in that time. Like, that's crazy. They must've been free. Like, you know, that's literally what my thoughts were and they more likely were, but it was more normal than, mm-hmm. um, and Louisiana than it was compared to a place like Alabama or Texas, for example. It was. That sense. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. That does make complete sense. Complete sense. Um, okay. So let's see. Um, uh, okay. So, you know, you know, these free black people being out here and they black excellence and changing their names, you know, that was a problem, right? So, you know, that was a problem. You know, the story headed, right? Okay. So the community wanted to prevent black people from being too powerful. Um, they And they also wanted a clear definition about their place in society because it became very um, ambiguous. Like, okay, you're free. You're not white, but you're free, free. And then like you're acquiring wealth, like, hold on, wait a minute, you know? So, Mm -hmm. um, one major concern was that they were too beautiful and too many white men were attracted to them. Um, in 1786, the governor of Louisiana proclaimed that all free black women was, must wear Tinian. Uh, to make their them less attractive. Now, this what I'm about to say right here was the first time I had ever heard this connection. So maybe that's just me. But it said that the reason why he went this route is because head scars were typically worn by the enslaved to keep their hair up while working. So he attempted to market free black women and attach them to their slave counterparts yep. to make them less attractive. And um, to kind of have the slave comparison. I hope that makes sense. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I had never heard that reasoning before. And even, which article is this? Um, Women in the American Story um, article or website that we're going to post, that we're going to put in the description of of the sites that I looked at. That was the only one that I saw had that explanation. I thought that was very interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, very interesting to me. 
Um, okay, so they were required to, um, you know, cover up. And um, their hair was considered to be their most attractive feature. So he wanted them to cover that up. Now, you know, black women showed out. <laughs> you know, black women showed out. So free black women okay. used beautiful <laughs> scarves of different fabrics. They decorated them with knots, feathers, and jewels, similar how they how they did their hair prior to the law. Um, and it became a mark of beauty and wealth and creativity. And it was a subtle rebellion against the colonial government because adding those things to your head wrap was not did not go against the law overtly. Um, Patrice, anything you want to add about that before we move on? Um, oh my God. One of these, uh, uh, articles clearly referenced Angela Bassett in American Horror Story. That's so funny. I was just oh. talking about it. Yeah. I just came across it right now. Um, so it's interesting to me cause I'm following along what you're saying while I'm looking at this, what this article, um, and seeing how they were still pursued despite, wearing the hairdo head wraps um i feel like our crown has truly always been our hair and if you think about it even in the different tribes within um countries in africa the distinctions was you know from not only the jewelry but also hair some use red clay some use had different braids, patterns, et cetera, as far as how they wore their hair. And that distincted different tribes. Like mm-hmm. that is a big part of our foundation. It is to me, it's almost it's 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 as embedded as our as our melanin, as our religion. It's it to me it comes before religion in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. it's really attached to our our identity, our hair. And I don't think it clicks. It just does not click to the outside world how embedded that is. Sometimes it doesn't click for our own people, to be honest with you. Even some of us still have to understand what that means and why we go through the experiences that we do when we feel disconnected from our hair and how it can sometimes set us in such a depression when we don't understand it or don't know how to express it, don't know how to connect with it. Um, It just... I just love us. We just show up, show out, no matter what. I just love us. I love, I love it. I still wrap my hair to this day. Um, I know we all know you do. And <laughs> I just feel like, you know, um, one thing about our crown to me is so sacred. It is our beauty. It really is. And not specific to definition or, you know, the type of hair that we have. Mm-hmm. Everything mm-hmm. we do with it and we and how creative we are, how versatile we are, it, that is what makes it our crown, you know. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I, I've said this multiple times throughout the season, but I, I first time I said it was um in season one in natural hair. I already um, know it's I've, coming. I'm excited. I know for it. you know you know it's coming. <laughs> I have always felt, you can find me if you want to, but I have (laughs) always felt that our hair is magical. And I have Mm -hmm. felt that those who are not black has always known that and not, and I'm not excusing them touching your hair without your permission or Mm -hmm. touching your hair at all. I'm not excusing that, but I think they are in awe of it. And when in, in their moment of oddness, sometimes they're rude. 
And I think we are the last one to know that our hair is magical. We the la- I feel like everybody else to know. And really, there mm. are some things that I'm going to highlight here that I think kind of proves my point to be correct. Because it was magical mm. even back then. And um, interracial marriages were allowed. I didn't say that, but interracial marriages were allowed. And then, so, you know, that really became a, you know, that became a problem for white women um, in this time frame. So it, this was a problem. Like black women mm. and their beauty and their hair was a strong threat to this Spanish colony. Yeah. And, and that's and important for us to, to really understand. It seems to be the focus is comp- competing with women, white women specifically. Um, yeah, because white women could not do what black women could do with their hair. That's just flat out. That was the, the articles ain't say that, but that's what is being said, right? Because if they could have, then they would have been able to quote unquote compete. Right? Yeah. And and it's 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 it is, I think when it came to competing, when it comes to things like status and oh they're 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 competing with us in status, and now we can't tell who's the peasant is basically mm-hmm. what I picked up as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. Like she looks wealthier than me, and I'm white. Yes. Yeah. These extravagant hairdos. Mm-hmm. And intricate designs and braids and you know what I'm saying? And don't let the fro come out, baby. <laughs> okay. Don't be a bomb mm-hmm. baddie neither. You know, it's over. It's over. So um yeah, it's very interesting. And I think at that time for black women, especially after coming out of enslaved enslavement, I could absolutely see okay, let me not speak for other people who had a totally different experience from me. I will be boastful as fuck about it. Let me put it this way. My, yeah, I'm sure they showed up and showed yeah. out. Like, I, now, I you about to get, we gonna braid it, feather it, put the beads in it. We gonna, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? All of and that. it wouldn't even be specifically just at white women. It'd be against the system. I mean, but that's how we've always responded. You know, even in the 70s, our fro was a sign of revolution. Absolutely. Our fro was a sign of very much black power, pro-black, pan-African, all, it was very much a sign that we were embracing our roots and any time we're extravagant with our hair in its natural state, it's, it's, it's a stance of that. It was a, a state of, of expression, and I can only imagine what it was attempting to express after being enslaved. Exactly. By the actual members of enslaved. I feel like we do it in honor of our history they're like, oh, this was just 10 years ago. This was just 15, 20 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, could, yeah, I will whip that hair. <laughs> right, I can only imagine. Yeah, I can only imagine. I, I, I don't doubt I at all that it that it was anything less than what these articles say that it was probably 10, mm-hmm. ten times that tenfold. Yeah. Even these pictures, they look extravagant. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, just about drawings. to bring up the picture. Yeah, yeah, so there's several pictures, and there's one specifically that we've probably all seen before, but if you check yeah. out the article, um, like I said, the Women and the American Story um, article, um, there's a photo that shows a woman named Betsy, and I thought this was interesting. She was a housekeeper um, to an artist. I didn't catch his name, but they're not certain historically if she commissioned it or if he just admired her style so much that he just wanted to do it because he was inspired. Come on now. I we don't even know. It. We don't even know if this black woman has so much money that she commissioned her boss to do it or if she was just so fly. He said, you know what? 
Let me sit, get, sit down for let a me second. take a picture. <laughs> let me don't move real quick. <laughs> let, me, let me let me get you real quick. Come come here, girl. I love that we don't know which one it was because no matter which one it was, I like the outcome. It don't matter. It don't matter. Yeah. Both. Both. She commissioned him and he was inspired. I don't know. You know what I mean? This is one of those things, though, when, I, when I've said in prior episodes, you can tell where we've been because our fashion, our music, our creativity is sprinkled throughout history. We have laws <laughs> that are trying to limit, restrict, and manage our fashion and our expression as a result. And I can only imagine you mix in that African heritage with, you know, that Creole expression, that Spanish influence, even like you going to get all of it, baby. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Absolutely. I, t- I talk my shit. That's for damn sure. They have to shut me up. You have to write law. To hide your head all together or something. Don't let don't come out the house. Cause I'd be talking my shit. Talking my shit. You give me a rope, I'm going. Okay. Yeah, I believe talking every bit my of shit. it. I believe every bit of it. They got yeah. free. They didn't set their people free. They didn't marry this white man. They didn't put the jewels and the feathers in their hair. You <laughs> can't tell you can't tell them nothing because now they look better than the white women. I I can only imagine. I can I'm only um and you and they didn't took their name back. They I'm wasn't ready. Shit. They were not ready. <laughs> couldn't yeah, handle. They could not handle mm-hmm. free black women. And I, I understand. I, I understand. I understand. I understand. I love that. I just love that our hair has always been our sign of talking our shit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I just yeah, love yeah. that. And even to this day, when I wear my fro, I'm talking my shit. And my, <laughs> literally, as I pick it, I'm like, I'm about to scare some folk today. Mm-mm. As I pick in the morning, <laughs> I'm talking my shit. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Um, one more thing I wanted to mention, and then we're gonna hop into uh, current day crown act. Um, so one would be this is a vice.com, I believe it's a blog, and I want to say her name, excuse me if I mispronounce it, I think it's Jamila Nasheed. And she was kind of talking about her own personal story and her insecurities around her hair growing up and just, you know, what I'm sure many of us have experienced and which we've talked about on this, on this podcast, the previous things, right. Professionally and otherwise. And anyway, this thing that she said that I want to just highlight was that she wishes she would have known the history of our hair here in America. Um, That hair was so beautiful. It was illegal that when she struggled with her hair, right as a teenager and in middle school and things like that she wishes she would have known that and i think that that resonates probably with a lot of us and just like it's always important for us to know our history no matter what and i hope that melanated intellects has helped its listeners do that right and will continue but Yes, is learning and knowing our history important for the obvious reasons? Yeah. But even for the smaller reasons that we really can't quite count or or make into like, what's the word I'm looking for? Even the smaller things that maybe we might be unaware of. Mm. In, her, in this young lady's case, like, dang, our hair was so beautiful. It was illegal. And Mm -hmm. I have that same hair, Mm -hmm. right? Like imagine what Mm -hmm. that connection does Mm -hmm. for someone growing up in this experience where they're being teased about their hair, where, you know, their hair is never, you know, never this positive thing or associated with a positive thing. 
And I just want us to remember that. And I want us to make sure that we don't forget that. So um, that's something that stood out to me. I mean, you can read the full article, but that's just the part I wanted to highlight. Um, And then there's also an Essence article. There was something I wanted to... um, Oh, Essence said this right here. Tinian Laws of 1786 is proof that black hair has always been policed in America. And then it went on to talk about how enraged white women were, which I mentioned that with the jewels, the style, the gym, the beads that black women were able to put in their hair because they just either didn't know how or were not able to do so in the same way. Um, And I feel like the policing of black hair definitely heads us into some stuff that I know Patrice wanted to talk about. Patrice, anything that you want to add to what I just said, though, before we move on? Um... I think we all come to that realization, you know, regardless of even where you come. Some people, you know, they never had a relaxer in their hair. Some people have always been natural, but I think no matter what, we always come to that realization of, damn, like my hair is the shit. I mean, I knew it, but my hair is the shit. And some people never knew, it. you know, some people think we forget the process of learning it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe that we, we don't realize the influence of what our hair has really mm-hmm. been, you mm-hmm. know, um, throughout centuries and how much of what they call a distraction really is beauty, you know. Um, mm. So beautiful is distracting. That's fair. Yes. Um, I can't stop looking at it. It's mesmerizing. Which that's why, I think they are you know? in awe. Yeah. Yeah. I think they yeah. really, I think non-black people are in awe. There is, yeah. there is, no one else has black hair. Our hair is very unique. It defies gravity. Yeah. It does all, it locks, it does all sorts of things that other people's hair don't do. And I, I really do believe that it's, it's an amazing, like, it's like a thing that's in awe, even though we've spent yeah. so much time having our own journey with it, right? As a people, I don't, I don't know about individually that varies, but as a people, we've gone through, you know, not liking it, liking it, embracing it, not, not embracing it, right? And we've talked about this before. We've had several episodes where we've highlighted, I think every season when we talk about black hair, we do. Um, natural hair part one and part two was in season one. Uh, we did hair tales in season three, two, three, three, three? hair tales in oh, season three. three. Uh, we did the crown act um, in season two and broke down a lot of stuff there. And I'm sure there's more episodes, but those are just a couple that I can think of at the top of my head that I know can direct you back towards. I think we touched on, we might've touched on hearing um, problematic beauty standards. Oh yeah. Yeah. We I did. can't recall. Texturism. Yep. Oh, we did one on texturism. Yeah. So we mm-hmm. talk about hair, honey. Um, mm-hmm. So you all can go back to to those episodes in previous seasons if you want to check out, you know, more of what we talked about back then. But yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's um, and, and it's funny even saying this right now, because when we first recorded Natural Hair Part 1, and after hair part two, I think that was the first time I heard you say that, uh, you know, non-black people are in awe of our hair. And I had never described it that way. I always described it as, you know, it wasn't accepted. That's usually what my mm. understanding was, or my experience, I should say, was that it's not accepted. No matter what people say, no matter if they touch it and all these things, like I know if I wear it too big or in the interview with the wrong person, I'm not getting that job. <laughs> and so when you said that I was I was like damn like I was taken aback still mm. you know um 
And it took me a minute to really be like, yeah, it's it's an awe. It took me a while to be able to say it was an awe. Because at first, mm-hmm. I legit thought it was just, you know, they just hate us. You know what I'm saying? The hair, the skin, the eyeball, the fingernail, toenail. <laughs> this is just not, it's not favored. You know, but, you know, I, I do think that it is an awe. That's what it comes down to, especially when you, and this is a perfect example of that. Absolutely. Yeah, I think they're mesmerized. And I think both can be true, right? Like mm-hmm, I can mm-hmm. I can feel threatened by something I don't understand and I'm in awe of and mesmerized by. And also whiteness is considered professional. Whiteness right. is considered palatable, right? So anything as beautiful as it is and as in awe as I am, it still is not considered to be this professional thing, right? right. Um, and again, I'm not excusing people for touching your hair when they ain't supposed to or asking you mm-hmm. questions that are offensive or offending you in conversation but I mean think about think about the experiences that we've had with white people about our hair they're always questions of wonderment and I'm not saying mm-hmm. you can argue one way or another right me and Patrice went back and forth on if we feel we should be educators in season one so you can go back and listen to provoke <laughs> the woke if you want to hear we have different stances on that okay that's fine right um regardless of how you feel about them asking after they didn't asked their questions are questions that people would ask in awe of something to me, someone who is Mm -hmm. mesmerized by something they don't understand. Um, Regardless of if you think they should understand it, they need to be looking it up and educating themselves. That's a whole nother conversation. I'm just Mm -hmm. letting you know they mesmerized. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What to do with it after they mesmerized. (laughs) I can't, I mean, that's a whole nother can of worms. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's real. <laughs> How they manage yeah. their mesmerization, whole nother can. Whole nother can. Okay. I'm just letting you know Stupid they mesmerize and that it that it that it shows up. I do. I think triggered. it shows I think it shows up as insensitive questions. I think it shows up um mm-hmm. as questions that seem silly to us because obviously we, we know our hair quite well. Um but yeah, I mean I think, you know, I think they're just mesmerized and all that's not an excuse i just want to remind the audience that perception. shayla is such a shayla's a good person that's all just she's <laughs> such a good person but i just want to remind people of that <laughs> moments like this i'm like this is one of those moments where <laughs> i am very understanding i am very she's understanding incredibly um, understanding I oh am. my god i am <laughs> sometimes i, I am. like shayla. and that's not just related to racial things that's just it's people not. in general i'm just a very understanding <laughs> and fairly non-judgmental person um, but you know, I'm not making excuses. She was that friend that once upon a time I would have fought for, like four. She's like Patrice, you don't have to. It's too late. Like <laughs> I'm throwing hands. It's too late. I would have absolutely found myself with some altercations on behalf of some things that I feel like Shayla should be offended. Wow. That ain't got shit to do with me. Like I 100. percent Um, <laughs> in my scrapping days, I absolutely would have been a fighter on oh behalf Lord. of Shayla. Like she ain't upset. If I, I ever feel offended, I don't have no problem letting nobody know. If I ever feel offended, but I'm not easily the, offended though. And that's the problem. Yeah. I wish you were. Sometimes. <laughs> you want to be easy. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit you want to be right there with you huh yeah girl yeah we can here together you know what i'm saying um because <laughs> oh, now i gotta be offended on behalf of both of us okay? no you don't have to you don't <laughs> i chose to I, I shouldn't okay. say half i choose to be on behalf of both of us people be blindsided like wait why are you upset don't worry about it what you said was wrong and this is <laughs> Now we got problems. But I think we've I, figured out our stance around black people educating white people. So 
still go back and listen to Provoke the Woke, but I think you know. Unfortunately, that has not changed. It has, it, not has changed. Not. it has not. It has not changed. No. Uh, yeah. Our perception, our perceptions on that have. There's not a lot changed. of episodes that okay. I would that I would love to revisit to revisit my opinions on. That's not one. I think that. <laughs> Okay. That's still we, we both still pretty firm on our stance. And that's okay. That's all right. That's, that's not wrong. I'm with not going to change for a very long time. I don't see myself educating on anytime soon. Okay. okay. So I'm going to trade gears into current day. I When did we talk about the Crown Act? I think it was season, very end of season two. Yeah. What episode was that, though? Um, I think it was just called the Crown Act, was it not? Was it? Oh, it actually may have been. Yeah, we just yeah, called it the Crown yeah, Act, yep, and we did the whole thing. Yep, and I don't know if y'all right. know, but like Dove, like did a lot of studies and research, and they redid the doll experiment. I went over that in that episode because I found their mm-hmm. research to be quite interesting. Um, the the statistics and the way that they surveyed Black women over a span of time, professionally, when they were little, middle school children, you know what I mean? They did the kids and the adults. They really, I feel like they really did a thorough job of researching. They do a great job. Black women in their hair experience. Yeah, they did a great job. And most recently, they caught my attention because they did a campaign. Um, and if you hashtag on LinkedIn, Black Hair is Professional, it was basically a campaign of all these LinkedIn like profile pictures, if you will. And on it was kind of like the same face divided down the middle, dark skin, light skin, just a, a melanated uh, plethora of black women. And on one side, they would have locks, a fro, a TWA, you know, and on the other side, they would have straight hair. And I was such a powerful campaign. And I just saw so, because my um, my network is many Black women. I just saw so many of my peers and um, network just resharing and sharing their all of their testimonials. At my current job, we, in our channels, we were all sharing our stories and our experiences with our hair. It was so just powerful. I feel like for like a good two weeks, we, it kept this conversation ongoing and people were sharing and talking about this, but, um, it's basically, it was like a, um, movement to end ending hair discrimination in the workplace and Dove and LinkedIn basically did a partnership together. And, um, one of the statistics that was, that's repetitively being repeated is that it is basically trying to tackle unconscious bias because black women's hair is two and a half times more likely to be perceived as unprofessional. And then it says, read that again. Literally says that. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, come on, come on, come on. (laughs) Read that again. Race-based hair bias and discrimination remains a systemic problem in the workplace, disproportionately impacting black women's deserved employment opportunities and professional advancement. And it has to stop. So um, as you all know, the crown act, is a mission and legal legislation that was introduced to um, the House of Representatives back the last time we spoke about it um, to basically become create a federal um, law to ban or stop discrimination against uh, natural hair. So with this, uh, there's there's courses on tackling unconscious bias. 
Um, the goal is to educate 1 million hiring man hiring managers and workplace professionals by the end of 2023. And you go through LinkedIn learning courses on um, oh, wow. these discussions. There's um, research as well provided. They did an updated 2023 workplace research study. Um, and it goes into more of the details around bias. So similar to the doc that we shared on the Crown Act um, episode, this is a whole new study with very similar visuals. And um, I just love how they do these visuals. It's so engaging mm-hmm. and straight to the point, baby. Um <clears throat> But here are a few. Two out of three black women changed their hair for a job interview. Among them, 41% changed their hair from curly to straight. I love that they captured that. Black women are 54% more likely to be, to feel like they have to wear their hair straight to a job interview to be successful. Mm-hmm. And I, I really love that statistic because that goes to show even the people who show up natural also hold those beliefs that there's mm-hmm. a possibility they will be declined because of mm-hmm. their hair, even though if they show up natural. And give that stat, give that last stat about the curly again. Uh, from, uh, oh, uh, um, two out of three black women changed their hair for a job interview, and among them, forty-one percent changed their hair from curly to straight. Oh, Is that the among one? Them forty. Did you say say? Did you give a statistic after that? Yeah, fifty. Uh, black women are fifty four percent more likely to feel like they have to wear their hair straight to a job interview to be successful. Okay, so fifty. Black women are fifty four percent more likely. Okay, so what I take that to mean is if you are a white woman with curly hair, you do not feel the same pressure to straighten your hair as a black woman. Oh yeah, with yeah. straight mm-hmm. hair, right? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Or any other any other race of woman other than white that's just not non-black non-black yeah. woman who has curly hair, <clears throat> they don't yeah. think about their curly hair as much as we think about ours. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. That's very true. I didn't think about that. I was thinking like, damn, even those who show up with their natural hair still be like, oh, but that's true. Um, and this has led to black women to have a. Black women having negative experiences or outcomes within the workplace. Uh, black women with coily or textured hair are two times as likely to experience microaggressions in the workplace than black women with straighter hair. Mm. Over 20% of black women, 25 to 34, have been sent home from work because of their hair. And um, 25%, 25% of black women believe they have been denied a job interview because of their hair and even higher one third for black women age 25 to 34 i believe it i oh, believe yeah. it oh yeah mm-hmm. i believe it and i i mean and i'm sure there are i i wonder what the real statistics on are on like how many have actually been denied because of their hair oh yeah but you would have to uncover quite a bit of shit yes right <laughs> to do that. i would just want to magically know <laughs> I, i'm not i don't know if that's a real real thing i think we can actually get i just want to magically yeah. know like I oh yeah oh yeah question, for sure but. you know again you know um our hair is a sign of revolutionary you know um, it can be yeah for sure especially in this natural state it still is but it absolutely can be you're right um you know not everyone has is one is african-american that's natural as well so you know some people come from different countries as well different islands where natural hair isn't as big as Mm. of a statement sorry 
Yeah, as a statement, as it was mm-hmm. for us, like when we are being presented with this information, this historical background, like the 70s, for example, and the Angela Davises and the Fro, and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, the significance there. But that can be a problem, child, you know, to somebody who is mm-hmm. looking for um it could be a perceived problem child yeah Yeah, because everyone is natural is not an activist (laughs) and the fact that i the fact that how i wear my hair has to make some sort of statement on my commitment to activism for my people is a whole nother can of worms that we don't have time but like you you know do i think that that could possibly be an assumption yeah that that could definitely be an assumption about one's Mm -hmm. character and related to how they wear their hair and um I mean, I get it, changing your hair for the job interview, and then, you know, after that, be like, bow, you know what I mean? After the first week, after the straightening, you know, after the silk press wear off, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I had to watch that You girl. didn't fool them. <laughs> uh, um, but, you know, for mm-hmm. me, I've always, once I got locks, I decided that, like, well, I, there was really no me hiding on them locks. Um, but yeah. I also yeah. felt like, if my locks were a problem, I would rather know at the yep. interview yep. and not get the job. Um, yeah. You know, now I've I've cut all my locks off. If you guys haven't, I guess a lot of y'all probably haven't even seen. If you don't go follow us on on IG at Melanie Insights, I guess you ain't seen it. I cut them all off, but I cut them all off. Shayla, a bald, so I'm bald. Daddy, baby. I am bald now. That should be your incentive. Go see Shayla. And follow <laughs> <up>. <laughs> go see Shayla. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm bald now. I cut them all off. Um, so, you know, now I'm, I kind of, I have question like, is, is bald more or less professional than locks? I guess it depends on who you ask or how you cutting it, but I don't, I just be like, you know what? Let me know up front. I'm going to be honest. Even when they ask you, like, you know, how you go fill out a job application and it'd be like the questions you really ain't got to answer, but you know, they ask you about your demographic. I answer mm-hmm. sh- strongly and quickly because I need for you to know what I'm bringing. So that we don't got to waste each other's time. And do you, do I, I have to, like, do I want to work? What type of work environment is being, am I walking into if the hair that I have or the style that I'm wearing it is, is a thing that could have prevented me from getting the job? That kind of made right because if I get in there and then I I fool them, which I know a lot of us do and I understand why we do it. So I'm not judging you, sis. But like we get in there and we fool them and then we got a boss that hates us or we got a coworker that's always making microaggressions. Like, I don't know that I really want to work. I don't know that I really want to work there. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but that was a serious concern for my mom when I got locked. She was very, she was terrified to be honest. She was terrified. And, um, okay. I did get the job when I had straight hair. And then probably like a year after I, I got, was in corporate, I got locks. Right. But I, and I happened to stay with that company while I had locks and, you know, while they grew out and stuff like that. So I guess I didn't change, um, I didn't change my career. I mean, I could No, but you promoted though. True. Yeah, I did. Good point. You, yeah, you I did, did promote. promote. But we'll I also promote think that still. company was very accepting. Um, they were, they were. Yeah, yes. they were really accepting. And for those and, who don't know, me and Shayla were at the same company, but yes, yeah, they were. <laughs> yeah, 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 we met in corporate and they, you know, they were very mm-hmm. accepting and um, I think yeah. they were and still do very much so embrace diversity. But um, yeah, I just, I get, I get why we do it. I'm not judging you for do it. Get your bag and do what you feel what you got to do. But in the long run, if I'm looking to grow with a company or at least stay there for, you know, a couple of years, you know, any significant period of time, 
if me being black, if me being a woman, or if me wearing my hair a certain kind of way is of issue for you, then my work environment is about to have a problem waiting for me. That's how I yeah. see it at least. I don't got too many more code switching years left in me. Um, <laughs> Patrice really... already wasn't good at it. Go back to the code switching episode. That was not her strength. She like, honey, I, I can't do the code already switching. real a struggle for me. Like, I be saying hood ass shit all the damn time on accident. You know what I'm saying? I have to catch myself. I'll, I'll never forget. I was talking to somebody at work. <laughs> I was like, child, I'm trying to tell you. And they were like, well, what are you, what are you trying to tell me? I'm like, no, I'm agreeing with you. Like, <laughs> I had to explain what I meant. Not my child, A-B-E. I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> I can't. That's my favorite one. That show there was, I'm going to tell you, okay? And she was like, she was like, waited. Like, what, what, do, what are you trying to tell me? <laughs> we'll, we'll say it, Patrice. I was just like, no, I'm agreeing with you. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I'm terrible, okay? Um, Sometimes I wonder how many times we say things and they really don't get it. Just confused. Like Don't. There's a whole thread on TikTok about it. I was dying laughing. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. Oh, about them being confused or about, about the different like lingos like... that we use, not realizing. Oh, I love the trend of like oh. what is your favorite black unit of measurement or like what yes. is your favorite <laughs> what is your favorite black saying? A good <laughs> minute. Like <laughs> Uh, me and Cartier be cracking up. Oh no, Cartier is my sister. If you don't, if you don't know, uh, yeah, me and Cartier be cracking up on those. And she'll come in there and ask me like, "What is your favorite black unit of measure? What is your favorite black people say?" <laughs> we got it's a family so reunion funny. coming up. <laughs> coming up. And she was already giving me something that we know we go here. And I was just like, stop it. It's too much. She's hilarious. If you have not heard so when our sisters come on, she's hilarious. She um, is. So She is. She had me in here rolling earlier today. Talking about I'm with black people. When black people, older black people ain't seen you in a long time. In a long time. It was this thing on Instagram. And it was talking about how when black older black people ain't seen you in a long time. And she was mm-hmm. imitating it. And they be like. You remember, you remember when you came on my house when you was a few weeks old. <laughs> She'd be like, "Do you remember your life at a few weeks old?" <laughs> and then she was like, "They'd be like, wait, you Janine's baby, get the fuck out of here." <laughs> Shut oh, your ass. You was about yeah, yeah. She said, no, no. They think about how tall you was. <laughs> how high it was. So anyway, she was preparing us for our family reunion. I she had me in here rolling. Okay. Those are so funny. I love it's like a universe. It is literally a universal language. It cracked me the fuck up. But it is our own I, I, language. We have our own language. It. I think working from home has made me worse too because I spend more time in my element than I do with nerves. Oh, so yeah, yeah. I don't got too much more code switching in me. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> I like my last interview, I straight up told them, like, like I purposely used examples of conflict around racism. Oh. I purposely used it's. Here's my you can do that in this diversity, equity, and inclusion life that we got right now. But <laughs> prior to diver- diversity, privilege. equity, and inclusion being a thing, that is not something I recommend no. you doing. <laughs> no, no, it's definitely a privilege. But I purposely do that shit. 
I wear my hair natural on purpose because, and I even say like, if this is a problem, please decline me. I've said that to a hiring manager and recruiter before. I, I just, yeah, I sometimes you gotta get because like I, I don't finding a company that's for real, for real about diversity, mm-hmm. equity, and conclusion in inclusion. Excuse me, is really important to me at this point in my career. Not understanding if you knew you start now, if you you know you knew from college and things like that, you have a different standpoint, right? But once you've been right. in corporate some for some years and you didn't you know you didn't work your way up a time or two, you like I'm black, yes. you better get over it. Is that cool or no? It ain't. You know what I'm saying? You got a different attitude once you've been in there a while. Like hey. What this is like? This what it know is. is. How much of this we are we stand for all the other that is performative, and how much is it yeah. actionable? That's true. Very true. If I'm telling, if I'm going to tell you this in the interview, I'm going to be vocal at work. I'm going to be vocal. Period. Like this is me. Okay, I'm a slip up with A V E every now and again. I'm gonna make black references. You're gonna hear about Not the Greek diaspora war. You're gonna hear <laughs> all of it. All of it. <laughs> and they have. And they have. Okay, <laughs> and then they're gonna be in confused, front of and you ain't gonna for people. Yes, they're gonna be confused, and you ain't gonna want to educate them. That's <laughs> she. They're gonna be confused, and she's gonna be like, "That's not my job to educate you. Go find out." <laughs> Google is free. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just very like you know. I, I don't have much in me left. I don't, and that's a yeah. privilege to say that. But I don't. It's so much energy, and like when I go even to corporate events. Like, I'd be like, damn, how the fuck did I do this shit for years? Like, Monday through Friday, like, sometimes mm. on Saturday, like, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on, you know what I'm saying? Being on, yeah. I forget what that means. It's not just on at your desk. It's just not on for the call. It's on walking to the bathroom, going to the cafeteria. It's yeah. on because you're always in the mix of corporate culture. And I'm sorry, but, like, I cannot, I can't. So I need you to accept blickety blickety black me, not blickety 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 black because that's too black for anybody. That's that makes my own black friends uncomfortable sometimes. Okay. So just blickety 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 black, just three. So five is for me. I keep that right here at oh, home and in okay. my diary. And my therapist, bless her heart, she <laughs> she gets it. But <laughs> I can't. I let all the blickety's out because somebody will be like Patrice. You can't do that. Period. <laughs> You gotta stop. So, um, I hope we continue to move into a space to where we keep making people uncomfortable because baby, I I I hate to see these numbers still so high, but I know they're real. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um also we've said this before, but we pre-record really far in advance. So if something has changed with the crown act by the time you hear oh, this, or if some sort of statistic update. or something, Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Patrice does have another. Edit. Okay. So if something has changed, bear with us and I'm sorry, um, but we pre-record sometimes several months in advance. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. And that was going to be my last update. I was going to save the bad news for last. Um, the Senate Republicans did block passage of the Crown Act in December yeah. of last year. Um, so when we recorded this, it had just passed through the House. And for those who are international, for something to become a federal law, if it's mm-hmm. introduced through the House, it has to also pass through the Senate to become law. And mm-hmm. the Senate, unfortunately, did block because Senate de- the, our Senate, that's why you see us doing the whole Republican versus Democrat counting um, come election year, there are, I believe we're at an equal split 
between Republican and Democrat right now, I want to say. I think so, or very close to an equal split. Very close, like and they that. have one or two more than us. It's one or the other. But we didn't yeah. get enough Republicans to vote yay. So it was killed in the Senate. However, we have 20 states that have um, enacted on a state level uh, this legislation. So those 20 states. Yeah, and I think um, in in the episode titled The Crown Act uh, that Patrice mm-hmm. was referring to the last time we spoke about this, I listed the states. I'm pretty confident. I listed the states, yeah. uh, and I may have given more details around what, you know, I think it's some, it's California is sticking out to me as like they did something different than maybe the other states. I don't recall, but I will go back and listen to that episode if you want to hear more details. But yeah, at that time, we did not know how it was going to do in the Senate. So, you know, now fast forward, of course, now we know it did not pass. Do you know, Patrice, is there any next step or like what happens next? Is there... It would Is have to go just, through it all over it, again, or it from my go, understanding. Uh, okay. Yeah. Was there something say, specific, do you know, that they needed to change? Because sometimes when things, a bill passes, sometimes there's a very particular part that they they want changed before they will are willing to approve it. Sometimes, I mean, in this case, it could have been a whole damn thing, but I'm just asking if there was, if you're aware. It's not that clear. Um, okay. And I know what you mean. Like, it, for the audience, an example would be, Discrimination-based hiring, let's say that also includes, they, if they were to look, for example, LGBTQIA+, that could be a reason for them to say, no, we can still discriminate. Of course, that's already a law. You can't do that here in the U.S. It's, it's a federal law already. But right, right, right. that's an example of how if they were to loop something else under that umbrella, how sometimes Correct. they would... Um, they would say yes to down. one part, but no to another yes. part, and it's still a no. So if they can't say yes to all of it, then it's a decline. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I did not see any language around that. I believe the language um, has not been altered because the House didn't write the legislation. Mm. That's one thing. My understanding is that the Crown Act is written by those in support of the crown act and then passed to the house of representatives mm. as is and there haven't been any edits since left or since it started oh okay so that that's my understanding um but uh you know i that's definitely a great question to dive into further i will say some states have local passes that are taking place so although 20 entirely states have been um passed like here in arizona tempe and tucson have laws around banning race. Oh, Um, and, uh, uh, in New Mexico, they have a, a version of, um, of a state law. And then Albuquerque has like a law specific to race based Mm. hair discrimination. So Mm. it it sounds like some of the States took it a little differently. I don't know why they just didn't give a shit across the board, but I guess, um, so you can look up if in your city or in your state it is an option um, and what can be done where the petition is at um, because there's quite a few states it looks like in the north midwest area um, in some parts of the south be expected that have not taken up on mm-hmm. yeah, I can see on that. the on the law. So um, I'm yeah. going to p- provide this link. This is actually as updated as February 2023. So this is the most updated information that we have. So I will um, provide this link in our description so you all can review 
Um, but they said about one in 10 states have yet to formally examine the Crown Act. One in, say that again. What was that? 10 states. One in 10. Oh, interesting. Formally examined. Yeah. So maybe they okay. these people who are creating these state laws, they just have a version of their own Crown Act, but it's not specific to the Crown Act. It's just a race-based mm, hair discrimination, discrimination law. Discrimination law. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's maybe not exclusive to black women. Mm. Maybe that's it. You know, okay. I don't know. Okay. Interesting. Um, and I wonder even, um, I know you all will listen to this episode, you know, like I said, you know, weeks, maybe a month or so after we recorded. Um, but I would keep checking that link though, because mm-hmm. I'm sure if or when there is an update, they can update that link, right? They're yeah. going to put it in the description. This is an HR website. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. you know. Certification where people go in HR to get, stay up to date on all laws. So, yeah. Okay, cool. So, Hopefully, uh, we learned something about It's Not Black History Month. Mm-hmm. I actually think this is uh, one of the few It's Not Black History Months that we've done based in the U.S. I'd have to think about it, but a lot of times we do international. Mm. Very um, true. But, um, yeah, you know, so hopefully you learned something that you didn't know, or maybe it was just a reminder. And I think this is a good reminder about our hair. So, um, you know, it's good for us to remember it's in its magicalness and all its glory. Uh, Patrice, anything you want to say before we head out? I wish I could add, like, in your iris, I am not my hair as our outro for this episode. <laughs> I'm not my hair. I really want to just, yeah. like, hear that little dun, 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 dun. But anyway. Um, <laughs> one day my editing skills will get to that level. Um, no, I, I love this. This is a great reminder. Um, you know, I think, it, like you said, sometimes we forget. And I don't know what it was like. I've at recently added color to my hair. I need to update my photo on the website. <laughs> but I recently mm. added color to my hair. And I'm more ginger now. Ginger brownish, mm. if you will. And um, my hair has grown out a lot since I chopped it off now a year ago. Can you believe that? Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? Um, but mm. I chopped it like five inches off last year. Um, just damage from stress i think i've talked to y'all about how my hair tends to do that and so it's grown all the way back out almost again and i wore my hair for in a fro for the first time in like forever and like for like the last two weeks and i was like damn it's just uh-huh. sexy uh-huh. <laughs> like the, this was kind of like right on time because i was really just loving my fro this week and it was just so big and i was like damn i forgot how much i love my big ass hair and I almost chopped this shit off like shave shave but yeah I shouldn't say shit my hair's not shaved chop this royalty off you know um but uh this is good right on time it's right on mm-hmm. time so yeah absolutely Rage. um if you all do not have your notifications on shame on you turn them on uh because we got bonus episodes coming all throughout the break and uh, mm-hmm. we'll be back in the fall, but make sure you turn them on because you just never know when we might be dropping one. So um, there it is. Yes. Uh, until next time, bye.